Hey guys, welcome back to Crime Couch. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today we're going to be talking about the murder of Tristan Bailey, a girl who lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and was brutally murdered by one of her classmates. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one. In the early morning hours of May 9, 2021, Tristan Bailey was heading out around 1.15 a.m. to go hang out with some friends. At her age, sneaking out was very prominent, especially in a small town like St. John's County in Jacksonville, Florida. It wasn't unusual for kids to want to sneak out in the middle of the night to hang out with their friends, and Tristan was overall a well-behaved girl who followed the rules, so it wasn't assumed that she was going out to do anything bad. She was a 13-year-old student attending 7th grade at Patriot Oaks Academy, which was also located in a small suburb in Jacksonville. She was heavily involved in cheerleading and was the head cheerleader and cheer captain of her team. She had already won many awards and her coaches recognized her as a leader with a dedicated work ethic and lively personality. Her friends and family described her as one of the most caring and sweetest people they ever knew, and she brought light to everyone around her. Her parents and siblings were sound asleep in their home the night of May 9th, and it being Mother's Day, they had no clue what they would be waking up to the next morning. The next morning, Tristan's family wakes up to find their 13-year-old daughter missing from her own room. She was reported to the police immediately around 10 a.m., and they filed a missing persons report with the local sheriff's office. While families around the world were celebrating Mother's Day with their loved ones on May 9th, Tristan Bailey's family spent the day trying to find their missing daughter. Police got to work right away, and a Florida missing child alert was then issued for Tristan the same day at 4.54 p.m. After some security footage was reviewed, deputies said she was last seen on May 9th around 1.15 a.m. at the Durban Amenity Center, located on the 700th block of North Durban Parkway in northwest St. Johns County, and that she was last seen wearing a white cheerleading skirt and a dark-colored shirt. According to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, that alert is issued when a child is missing and is believed to be in a life-threatening danger, with no indication that the child had been abducted. The community gathered at Veterans Park around 4 p.m. to conduct their own search, desperate to find the missing victim. Neighbors, teammates, and deputies had been searching for the teen all day before the sheriff's office called off the search at around 6 p.m., but not too long after, The crime scene unit arrived on scene and the search was redirected to the nearby woods on Saddlestone Drive. It was there that the body of Tristan Bailey was discovered by one of the local neighbors helping the search party. Tristan's body was found near a retention pond at the end of the cul-de-sac on Saddlestone Drive, in the neighborhood in which she lived in, and only minutes away from her own house. Deputies said that since this is the very early stages of a complex investigation, they did not want to release how the teen died or if there were any suspects in custody in connection to her death. A few media outlets asked about two homes that are taped off in the community, and the sheriff's office replied that there are a lot of different people in the area that they were currently interviewing and talking to, but assured the public and the media that they would provide an update on the case on Monday on May 10th. Only a day later, on May 10th, the St. John's County Sheriff's Office held a press conference announcing that 14-year-old Aiden Fucci had been arrested and charged with Tristan's murder. 
Fuji attended Patriot Oaks Academy with Tristan and lived in the same neighborhood. Classmates also reported that Tristan and Aiden were friends, yet by Monday evening, there were still many questions including the cause of death and how exactly Fuji was linked to the crime. However, the sheriff's office asked for the time being for the focus to be on the mourning and loss of Tristan and providing comfort for her family. As the family asked for privacy and the sheriff's office urged patience in the case, tributes to Tristan poured in from all over the coast. Two candlelight vigils were held that Monday night, with scores of people offering prayers and shedding tears for the heartbroken, tight-knit community. However, as people grieved the tragedy, troubling posts made their way onto social media, adding more confusion and, in some cases, hurt to an already painful case. Social media is such a dangerous and disgusting place when it comes to situations like this, and there are many people on there who either want to do it for the cloud of posting or just do it for the attention. Internet trolls found their way to Tristan Bailey's case and posted things on Instagram such as pretending to be Fuji's friend and defending him for what he did. Some posts spread misinformation while others seemed to blame Tristan for what happened or called for Fuji's immediate release. In response, the St. John's County Sheriff's Office identified several social media pages that they said were responsible for many of the harmful posts. The Sheriff's Office made an official statement by saying that they had looked into these hurtful trolls but that none of them actually had anything to do with the case. 14-year-old Aiden Fuji, who was in the 8th grade at Patriot Oaks Academy where Tristan was in 7th, is the only suspect in this case. The pair grew up in the same neighborhood but authorities have not yet clarified what their relationship was, nor had a motive for the killing been established. He'd immediately received a multitude of hate and backlash from across the country due to a post that he made on Snapchat. In the photo, the handcuffed teen has his hands in a peace sign with the caption, Hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? On Tuesday morning of May 11th at 11.39am, less than 48 hours after Tristan was first reported missing, Fucci appeared for his initial court hearing where he was read the charges of second-degree murder and his rights. His parents, Jason Fucci and Crystal Smith, were also on the video call. Judge Michael Orfinger then ordered Fucci to remain in the juvenile detention center for at least 21 days or until his detention is extended by the court. It is important to note that although he is a minor, the public started speculating whether he was going to get charged as an adult for his crimes. People demanded that Fuji be charged to the fullest extent, and multiple petitions were signed, including one on change.org that I personally signed myself. Following Fuji's court appearance on May 11th, at 12.54 p.m., the local sheriff's office released Tristan's official cause of death. The police report states that she was stabbed to death. The sheriff's office also noted that Tristan had been found with her clothes on and that there were no indications that she had been sexually assaulted, despite rumors saying that she had. They had yet to go into detail about the crime, and so this information is all that they were releasing at this point. The case, however, is now going to be turned over to the district attorney's office for a more in-depth investigation. On May 17, 2021, a motion to withdraw as counsel was filed by Jacksonville attorney Anwar Snowber, who had been retained to represent Fuji. The reason for his private attorney leaving the case is unknown, but the motion stated that Snowber had discussed the matter with the defendant and his parents, and both are in agreement as to withdrawal of counsel. A few days before this decision, another motion was also filed in the case to determine the Fuji family's indigency status, and this basically means that it would determine if they could afford a lawyer to defend the teen in court. 
Crystal Smith was granted indigency status right away, but Jason Fucci, father of 14-year-old Aiden, was originally denied it, but later granted indigency status by a judge when she learned that there had been three dependents in his home as opposed to two. Aiden Fucci will now be represented by the Public Defender's Office and appointed a court attorney. Thursday, May 27, 2021, felt like the day the community had all been waiting for, when it was announced that Aiden Fucci would be charged as an adult and his charges were upgraded to first-degree premeditated murder. This charge comes after it was released to the public that Tristan Bailey had been stabbed 114 times. Any true crime-obsessed person knows that this is absolutely overkill in any situation, and I cannot mentally comprehend how someone is capable of that much violence. 114 times, and 49 of those wounds being located in her face, neck, and hands, which would be known as defensive wounds. She was truly fighting for her life against a psychopath. A dive team was sent out to find the murder weapon, which was located in a nearby pond where Tristan's body was found earlier. It was then that they found a hunting knife that tested positive for traces of blood and with a broken off tip on the blade. According to the official autopsy report, when the medical examiner was looking, she found the other small tip of the knife stuck in Tristan's scalp. This again just goes to show the true brutality and pure evilness of this crime. This is where the case really takes a turn and starts to become pretty disturbing. Fuji was reported by some of his friends that he would make really questionable and scary statements. The state attorney also explained during a press interview how investigators came to believe that Bailey's death was premeditated. It was reported that Fuji made a series of chilling threats and a few witnesses came forward and told police that he had actually made plans to kill somebody by taking them into the woods and stabbing them, which is exactly what happened here. Witnesses also stated that he didn't have a specific person in mind, so it really could have been anyone in the wrong place at the wrong time. The state attorney also said he was disturbed because none of these prior alleged statements were ever reported or taken seriously by those who heard them. Dr. Justin DiArenzo, a Jacksonville forensic psychologist, says comments like these ones that are being reported are red flags and they shouldn't go ignored. One of the most important signs to look out for is somebody warning or telling or bragging about doing anything like murdering or killing or committing a crime. Fucci appeared before a judge for a first appearance following the announcement that he would be charged as an adult. The judge said his first degree premeditated murder charge is a capital felony punishable by life or death. But because Fucci is a juvenile, death is not an option, but the charges do carry a maximum penalty of life in prison, and he's currently being held without bond in the Duval County Jail. According to the arrest report for Fuji, it said he had changed his story multiple times and made several admissions when investigators were interviewing him. Deputies were able to get a hold of security video that showed two teens walking east on Saddlestone Drive at around 1.45 a.m. The video later showed just one person walking west at around 3.27 a.m., the report says Fuji was taken to the sheriff's office and placed in an interview room, and while in the room, the report says his mother mentioned something about the video depicting him carrying his shoes. It says that Fuji told his mother that he took his shoes off because his feet hurt, and then a search warrant was executed on Fuji's home where officers found clothes consistent with the outfit observed in the video surveillance. On Thursday, June 3, 2021, Aiden Fuji appeared before Judge R. Lee Smith that morning at 9 a.m. 
and pled not guilty to the stabbing of his classmate. Legal expert Dale Carson said a plea of not guilty will be a way to uncover evidence against Fucci, opening the door to a jury trial. The plea was accepted by the court, and his plea now cancels his scheduled arraignment in St. John's County, which had originally been set for June 10th. He is now set to appear in court for a pretrial hearing at 9 a.m. on July 28th. Only two days after his not guilty plea on June 5th, breaking news came across people in Florida. It was reported that Crystal Smith, Aiden's mom, had turned herself into the police in regards to the murder. The St. John's County Sheriff's Office reported that she was arrested on a charge of evidence tampering. And according to an arrest warrant sought by the Sheriff's Office and signed by a judge on Friday, Smith was captured on her own home surveillance cameras cleaning her son's jeans between 12.55 p.m. and 1.28 p.m. on May 9th. In the video, Smith can be seen going into Fuji's bedroom at approximately 12.55, retrieving what appeared to be a pair of blue jeans, taking the jeans to the adjacent bathroom, and appearing to be scrubbing the jeans in the bathroom sink. And then after a short period of time, she was observed on the video taking the jeans to her master bedroom. There's an unnamed witness that was inside the house at this time, and can be seen from the video surveillance inside the residence at approximately 1.05, and appeared to have a conversation with Smith. Smith then walked back into the master bedroom to get the jeans, and before returning them to Fuji's bedroom, both the unnamed witness and Smith can be seen inspecting the jeans for any evidence of blood. There's no argument as to if there was actually blood on the jeans because the DNA evidence tested positive, but I just don't understand why she would do this. When I was reading about this case in a Facebook group, I've seen many parents themselves say that they would do the same thing in this situation, or that they don't really know how they would act unless actually in it. What's weirder is during the investigation, there was an audio recording from inside the St. John's County Sheriff's Office where Aiden is sitting in the interview room and his parents asked him about anything that would be on his clothes from the previous night. Fucci then told them he was wearing blue jeans and Smith asked if he was sure there was nothing on them to which Fucci replied that they were clean. Smith can then be seen on the video giving Fuji a questioning look and whispering blood. Crystal Lane Smith, who is 35 years old, was held for a brief time at the St. John's County Sheriff's Office Detention Center on a $25,000 bond. Jail records indicate she was booked at 12.12 p.m. and released at 1.40 p.m. Aiden Fuji will have his pretrial hearing on July 28th of 2021. The amount of evidence that has been discovered and presented by the state attorney makes it pretty clear on why they believe adult charges were appropriate, and a first-degree murder charge was appropriate. If he is found guilty, Aiden Fucci faces up to life in prison, but unfortunately cannot receive the death penalty. And also, after 25 years is served, his sentencing will be reviewed. Hopefully we'll get to see some video footage from the hearing on July 28th and I hope to be able to give you guys more of an update once more of the information comes out about the case. Sorry about the short episode, but thank you guys so much for always listening and being supportive of the podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at The Crime Couch Podcast and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one.